Hey everyone, this episode of the Influencer Economy is supported by Truemaker, a new built-to-fit men's clothing company. Most guys want to look better, but don't want to do the work. They want remarkable quality and exacting fit, and they want it to be easy and maybe satisfying. Truemaker delivers. Make an appointment online at truemaker.com, that's T-R-U-M-A-K-E-R.com, and a local outfitter comes to you, takes your measurements, and gets you styled in clothes made just for you. Mention the Influencer Economy for a free gift with your first purchase. Stories from the Influencer Economy is a one-on-one interview podcast that explores the world of influence, social media, and people building revolutionary ideas online. I'm your host, Ryan Williams. I'm excited and fired up to share today's episode. I spoke with Willie Geist, co-host of The Today Show, Morning Joe, and a New York Times bestselling author. Willie's an old friend of mine from college. We went to Vanderbilt University back in the day, and I joined him in his New York office a few weeks back. He came on to talk about his best-selling book that he co-wrote with his father, Bill Geist, a book called Good Talk Dad. If you want to buy Willie's book, which I highly recommend, look for Good Talk Dad. It's available on Amazon.com. If you want to reach me, I'm uh, at Ryan J. Will on Twitter, and please check us out at InfluencerEconomy.com. want to thank Willie one more time. He was a hilarious, very funny guest. Uh, really enjoyed this podcast. Without further ado, please welcome Willie Geist. So we're here with uh, Willie Geist. Welcome to the show, Willie. Thanks, Ryan. Sorry, we got uh, the Yes Network on in my office. It's now let's see, five days after Jeter's last game at Yankee Stadium. They're replaying it on a loop, and I am fixated. Jeter now steps to the plate. So we're rewatching the game from five days ago. Game tied at five, bottom of the ninth. There's no chance, is there, that Derek Jeter comes through with a hit to this end his be, Yankee career? This would be almost scripted. It's way too... It's too storybook, it's almost. It's just almost like the gods would be in the Yankees' favor. I don't see it happening. I think he'll probably pop out to shortstop. But what a career, even if he ends in a pop-out. I think out, if he I strikes think. out, he's still a Hall of Famer. Still a Hall of Famer. Absolutely. Great career. You hate to see then. That's What? What? No way. He just slapped it through the right side. Opposite field. There Here comes the, the throw. Oh, yeah. No way. Derek Jeter, improbably. You know, I mean, you couldn't even pay a Hollywood screenwriter to write it. His final act in pinstripes. Wow. A game-winning hit, and so Jeterian. And his girlfriends are going crazy. Hannah, his girlfriend, looks fantastic. His father, his nephew, Derek Jeter has getting, done it again. Getting mobbed by his teammates. There he is. He did it again for the 97th time that I'm I've speech- seen it in the last week. I'm it's speechless. Fantastic. You've watched this 97 times. Of course I have. And he's... Uh, Got a little more thin in the hair, mm-hmm. but he he's still not, can slap the opposite he's not worried about single. That. Yeah. No, he doesn't need hair. Sorry, where were we? Uh, we were about What's to start happening? the podcast. What's happening? Good. Yeah. Um, that's a great intro. Yes. And uh, thanks for having me at your office. My windowless office on the second floor of 30 Rock. And so you're in the Morning Joe office. Yeah, I've had this office for like five years since before I was on the Today Show. And the, the idea of moving all this stuff up and over a floor was a little too daunting. So while I'm on the Today Show and Morning Joe, I just kept my office here because who likes to move, really? No one. No one. How yeah. does Al Roker feel that you're not with him? He's in, furious And that's out of the office. Yeah, it's a real point of contention. Right. No, he has no idea where my office he is. He has no idea. No interest, no idea, no nothing. Do you guys do happy hours? Happy hour? We have. We have. Not a lot, yeah. but we have. By the time you hit happy hour, this group that wakes up at 3 in the morning... It's not that raucous. I'm not going to lie to so you. So it's like a 2 p.m. happy it's hour? a little napping at the bar. Yeah, yeah nursing yeah. one drink. Exactly. So times have changed. Exactly. They yeah. have. It's over. Is that your call time? Like you get up at 3 a.m. and then you go? Uh, no, I think Al does because he's got this show, Wake Up With Al, on the Weather Channel that's even before the Today Show. So I wake up at 4. There's my phone ringing. I wake up at 4 
and I get in and do Morning Joe on MSNBC at six, and then I run across the street. Like today was a good example. So I'm on Morning Joe from six to about seven twenty. Then I run across the street. I had a piece um, on the Today Show at seven thirty. So Matt tosses it to me. I do my piece. We talk about it. Then I run back across the street, do a little more Morning Joe, come down to my office about eight o'clock. I got an hour before I host the nine o'clock hour of the Today Show to prepare, go through the notes, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a lot of running back and forth across 49th Street. Are you actually physically on the street or underground? On the street, yeah. Well, if it's raining, there's a way to go underground, but it's easier You're for with me. You're with the people. Yeah, you just dart across, dodge a couple cabs, and there you go. Yeah, and there's a lot of security out there. Uh, not for me. Not for you? That's for like the famous people. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, 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 no. What do you, you consider yourself as just a host, a talking head? Just a man of the people, really. Yeah, you are for the yeah, people. Yeah, I'm for the people. Doing podcasts like these? I'm for the people. You're tweeting it up? Tweeting it up, just doing what we do. Regular Yankees fan? Exactly. In your corner office? the bleachers with, with my no, people. With no window? This is not a corner office. This, these are like the cheap seats. This this office was designed by the same people who made the cells at Guantanamo. It's the same, <laughs> same vibe in here. Yes. Terrible paint job, low ceiling. No light or Obama circulation. Sends, Obama sends people here. Yes. No <laughs> windows. Fantastic. Well, uh, it's good to be here. It it's was good to very, have you very here. easy to get through security. Good. Because I knew you. Good. Yeah. They didn't really hassle me. No? Okay, no. Cool. Good. And I uh, want to talk a lot about what you're up to with the book, mm-hmm. which I read, and how you immortalized a moment in uh, Vanderbilt history. Yes. Uh, with the Big Sky Basketball Tournament. Yes, absolutely. So, so congratulations on the uh, success of the book. Thank you. You're saying Over Father's Day was a New York Times bestseller? Yeah, yeah. We made the list list the week. We were number 10 on the list, um, Father's Day week. Um, it was out for a couple weeks before that, and we were we were like 17, which is great by most standards, but you want to get up you know, on the list that's in the paper. And the reason it was such a struggle was we were with Hachette, and they... Uh, or continue to be in this fight with Amazon where Amazon wouldn't pre-sell our book, which is a huge part nowadays of selling a book is to get a bunch of people to buy it beforehand. And then if people did try to go on Amazon to buy it, it said it ships in two to four weeks, which is a deterrent for anybody to buy a book. Why would you order a book? And that's going to take four weeks when you could have it today. So um, it's really hard nowadays to sell a book without Amazon. And uh, so we called everybody we knew, called in every favor, asked all our friends. We rallied people. We went on every radio show and TV show we could think of. We were all over social media. And so we felt like we earned that spot. My dad and I wrote this book called Good Talk Dad. And um, we earned our spot on that list because it, it wasn't easy. And, you know, they were saying to us, if, if you were number 17 that first week without Amazon, if you'd had Amazon, it would have been like a top five um, book. So that was that was frustrating to hear. But then I just said, it's going to be tough, but let's dig in our heels and try to get that Father's Day week because it was an obvious Father's Day book and just go all out. And I think what happened is what I thought would happen as a guy who's bought Father's Day gifts. It's like, oh God, when am I going to get my yeah. dad? Oh, this is easy. Right. It's sitting by the register and it's about dads and yeah. it's fun. Boom. So I think that was a lot of what happened. It was like getting him socks or who wants boxers? Yeah, nobody wants. You want to get your dad underwear? That's just weird. No, actually. it's not good. No, not good business. Get him a book about dads. It's a yeah, lay, it's a my, layup. My dad actually wanted to give it to me, and then he forgot. Son of a gun! I like, think I have some extras. I actually have copies of all like that book, American Freak Show. You're looking at it. No, shelf. that's a really wacky that was book. Four years ago, four did, and a half years ago. So we can get you one of those too. Did American Freak Show uh, make the New York Times? It did. It did. Not as it wasn't as high as number ten, but um, it did. It did very and that's well. more of a satire. Yep, that was like current events satire about 
all these like Tiger Woods. It was the Tiger, Sarah Palin, uh, Rod Blagojevich, who yeah, was hot at the time. Chapter. Yeah, there's a lot of. It was sort of a commentary on our political media culture. So why'd you go with a, a more heartfelt? Funny, it's a funny book, but it was... yeah, I think the the new book, Good Talk Dad, newish. It's not new anymore. It was out in May, but was um, I think a lot of people had come to my dad and me and said, you guys should do something together just by virtue of us being in the communication business, both of us. He's a correspondent for CBS. And um, so we we never quite knew what that was. And we finally went out to lunch with a book editor. And we just somehow started telling family stories like of our uncles and family Christmases and all that. And she was rolling with laughter at the table and said, I think this is the book. So we thought if she thinks it's funny, maybe some other people will think it's funny too. So it was cool. I mean, it's collaboration is fun and the truth is you only have to write half a book right your dad has to write the other half which has got a nice um and so that's how it came to be and you know we did some we did a little bit on his show we did the today show we did so i think the power of he, he my dad has a huge following and a sunday morning has a massive audience then they all they all seem to like my dad so i give him credit so you for wrote his coattails. on the list exactly riding you his coattails you can't beat him join him that's it that's it so then if you're you're doing all this media what was some like who did Andy Cohen help promote it? And like Andy, Andy Cohen, yeah, Andy like Cohen. What type of people helped to I was cha- on, champion uh, the book? I was on Andy Cohen's, I go on his show probably once every four months or so. Do you really drink on the show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, his, his is the Andy's, Watch What Happens Live on Bravo is the most fun you're allowed to have on TV. It's just, it's everything you think it is. You walk in, you go into a little green room, and they ask you what drink you want. You have one before the show, then they send you out with one. And whether or not you've even had a sip of it, they bring you a new drink oh, really? every commercial break. Oh, no way. Yeah. So, <laughs> and it's the pairings that are fun. So I've done it with, you know, it's, if you haven't seen it, it's Andy and two guests. So it's all, they really think through how they're going to pair people. So they have me with usually a housewife of some kind, but also I've done it with um, Tiffany Thiessen. Oh, I nice. did it with once. Of I Saved by the Bell fame. Saved by the Bell fame. And, uh, Maybe my favorite was Lil Kim. He put Lil Kim and I t- on together, and we did the shot ski, which is, you know, you no put way. the shot glass on. So it was Andy, Lil Kim, and me <laughs> doing shots off a of ski. To get, I mean, that's a surreal Can you even moment. imagine that? I couldn't. I have a hard time believing it. I need to look it up online. It's online. Yeah, yeah, you can find it. And she's she's Lil, as yeah. her name would indicate, yeah. so it was hard to, like, get the balance L-I-L right. L-I-L apostrophe. Yeah, and I'm not Lil. So. so it was imbalanced? It was a little imbalanced, but we got the job done. Who was the bartender? Ooh, that night? Because I love the bartender. They barely speak. Yeah. I don't know who it was that night. I know the last time I was on, <laughs> it was Neil deGrasse Tyson. No so it was like, <laughs> you have these, me and um, I guess a housewife on, and then like this guy who's kind of a genius just tending bar yeah. quietly. It was an um, odd. Amazing scientist. It was an odd he's, thing. Yeah. He's a mixologist. Um, yeah. He was a mixologist that night. So that, yeah, Andy was great. I went on for the book. And then uh, he, you know, he was awesome. He's got a huge Twitter following, so he tweeted for me. And oh, that's great. Andy's a really, he's a great friend. He's a really good guy, and um, it's very, very smart about TV and everything else. And so, you, and you also have gone on the soup before. You said, yeah, you I did just, a walk on, on the soup a couple months ago. Actually, I did it with Andy. Yeah, Andy and I, I went that. on. Yeah, they could. Joel was doing. Joel McHale was doing the show in New York that week because he had to be here for something, and they needed some walk-ons. So they had, they. Had, <laughs> That's a funny show because you it's just Joel standing in front of a green screen. Yeah. So you don't quite know what's with happening at an any given moment. Yeah, with an audience. And uh, so he gets up there and tells jokes and they, they have very funny writers. So you kind of just trust them and you recite the lines they tell you to recite. 
and uh so yeah that was fun that was the first i'd love i always love that show and i love joel and so that was kind of fun to do that and so i without forgetting we need to talk about uh the big sky moment sure in the book sure because i was just back at a vanderbilt football game and uh willie and i i guess you know we're in the same fraternity yeah and uh, we can't hide that yeah but uh no need to hide it. no need to hide it so no. i went back for a football game fortunately the commodore was lost uh badly to old miss we're rebuilding yes yeah, anyway, we could talk about that off the podcast because mm-hmm. we don't need to go there. But uh, I saw a bunch of Willie's buddies, my buddies, and we're talking about the chapter of the book that immortalizes this basketball yeah. tournament, Big Sky. Yeah. And what was funny is you're, by the way, I was reading it in bed. I nearly spit out my drink. <laughs> I couldn't believe that you would actually put, like, it's all there. it away on, a, on yeah. a keyboard. Yes. And then the chapter prior to your dad says, Well, I knew Willie eventually was going to talk about Big Sky. Right. Why was that? That was actually my dad. I had. I don't know. I guess I was writing about sports and it didn't occur to me to include that in a sports part. And my dad was so... My sister visited one year when she was in high school and came to Big Sky. Oh, and she was like, came home half traumatized, but half like <laughs> totally thrilled. Like, oh my God. College. Yeah, exactly. So she came home and I think told my parents all about it. And for people who are listening who have no idea what Big yeah, Sky is. Yeah, please explain. It's a backyard basketball tournament at, that we had at our fraternity every year. A three-on-three tournament. And there were no rules. Um, the ball had to go in the hoop, and that was about it. But there was tackling, there was pushing. Uh, the crowd would rain beer cans down on you every time a beer was scored, a ball was uh, scored. They sometimes, as the night went on, they'd throw you know a half full bottle of Jack Daniels onto the court. Yeah. It was ugly, and you. Um, it was called Big Sky because in the seventies, Vanderbilt was playing in the NCAA That's tournament, right. and the officials in that game. Uh, were from the Big Sky Conference, and it was such a rough game. No fouls were called. People were being tackled and slammed to the floor. They called they, the guys at Vanderbilt started calling it the Big Sky rules. Like they have no rules yep. in the Big Sky. People would like get black eyes. Yeah, people oh. would like uh, break their arms. Yeah, I mean it got vicious. Yeah, and it was kind of a tight space, so you'd like run, you'd slam into the side of the tri- house, trick or the brick wall, a lot of trick shots. If you go off the wall, you get ten points yes. and. It was a rough tournament. Always drew a huge crowd, though, for the final. On like the, the whole night. campus would really come. Yeah, everybody came. People, and any it. excuse to rain beer cans on yes on basketball players. Yes, I suspect they're not doing that anymore this day and age. That we was went twenty back years ago at the game, and they're it's it's toned, toned down. down. Yeah, it's completely toned, toned down. down. Um, so yeah, my dad heard that whole story and was like, "Oh, you've got to put that in the book." So when I started writing about it, my favorite part was our senior year when I was a freshman. Yes, and uh, and our our buddy uh, Clay. <laughs> Who was a great musician, plays drums, guitar. He played for the American else. Dogs and yep. the Eldorados. That's right, Nashville bands. He, uh, for the national anthem, unbeknownst to a lot of us, he had affixed a zip line from the top of the house, the fraternity house, down toward the court. So here comes Clay Newman as we look up. I believe he was shirtless with an American flag tied around his neck, as a, uh, as a cape. As a cape. Um, a helmet, a military helmet, <laughs> With, a green army helmet. I think he had uh, Stars and Stripes painted Stars on it. Stars and Stripes. And came in playing the Jimi Hendrix version <laughs> of the Star Spangled Banner on a zip line. That yes. didn't, he didn't like zip really fast down. He kind of like had to shimmy his way down. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't a fix correctly. And this wasn't like a fire code. You know, no, no. no fireman came to like regulate the zip no, line. No, 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 no. And then... When he got down, he had a Roman candle stuck in his cords at the top. Yeah. And so while he's playing the anthem, fireballs are it, shooting off the end of his guitar. 
and I don't know if they actually struck anyone in the crowd, but they certainly came close. They went barely like above people's heads, and yeah, it was like uh, Newton shooting an arrow to hit the apple on someone's a head. A little bit like it was that. a risky move. Not a lot like that, but a little like that. Twenty five percent like that. Twenty five percent like that. And then he smashed naturally smashed his guitar yeah. at the end of the performance. It was one of the most outrageous things I'd ever seen in my life. It, I, it really was. It, was, it remains to this, this day. This is why I spit my drink out. It, it was, was. It was. I'm in shocking. shock thinking about it. And I remember Miss Big Sky was, yes. this, uh, was this girl, Martin Gibson. Right. And she dated someone, our year, Billy Stimson. Right. And she was afraid to come out because there was all the smoke on the court. Sure. People were raining beer cans yes. and Roman candles had been shot to the crowd. My wife, my now wife, was Miss Big Sky oh. the year before that. It's quite the honor. And I was one of the, the uh, uh, no, was I announcer? I can't remember what I was. You were announcer our senior year. Senior year, so Your junior senior year. year. When was she? I don't know. Anyway, she was Miss Big Sky one year, and like she comes out in the sequined, yeah, the low to unva- cut sequined, un- unveil the logo, vet, yeah, and and pulls the the cover off the logo to get things going. Oh, were you, was were you also naked dunker? I was. So you talk about that in the book. Yep, mystery dunker. Uh, they have somebody come out every year at the Big Sky tournament. This is really a horrible event. The more I talk about it, it's amazing though. And uh, come out, and you can only disguise your face. <laughs> And whatever you do with the rest of your body is your choice, but they prefer you be nude. Yeah. So I was, um, I had a clown wig and grease paint. This was, I think, my sophomore Clown wig, grease paint, and a jock strap. And I think that's just about it. And you just, nobody knows that's coming either. You sneak out of the house, yeah. take a couple dribbles, throw one down, hang on the rim, and then you just steal off and into the night. And you run away. You, you run away. It. And then you come back and act like it wasn't you. Yeah, you act like it wasn't you. And you hightail it away, and people go, who was that man? <laughs> and you never reveal it you until never you write a book 20 you, years you later. You don't speak about it unless your dad asks you to, to exactly, talk about it. That's exactly right. And so uh, the book itself, though, is just back and forth chapters written. You write one, your dad writes one. Yeah. And then you talk about like a road trip to Nashville where your car breaks down. Right. So how much of that stuff was actually things that you had previously discussed that you felt like it would be good um, for I mean, format? I discussed all of them. I'd never written about them, but... The fun of the book for me was in the early stages was like sitting in a room with my dad and me and my mom and my wife and just throwing, what are our best stories? You know, you get some food and you hang out and you're like, oh my God, then that happened and that happened. And different people fill in different details. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. So that was basically like loading up the hopper with stories and then kind of distilling them down. All right. What are the best 20 of all these, of these stories or can we synthesize a couple and make them one story uh, or make them into one chapter? And so uh, that was the fun to me was like basically getting to rehash your entire life together. And as my dad and I said a million times in the book tour, even if it didn't sell a lot and make it on the bestseller list, we would have forever our best family stories in a book together and mm-hmm. thought through and then written through. And so my kids can read those someday and An their kids can read them. It's like a family archive. So right. it's pretty cool. And you wrote for Grantland and then one of the, what, the article you wrote about going to the Harvard game. Yeah. Columbia. Went to uh, Columbia, Columbia university here in New York is not known for its football prowess. And then it made the book as well. Yeah. I took my daughter when she was four I always wanted to go to a Columbia game as long as I've lived in New York, and I couldn't just because I think it'd be yeah, you know, like football, and there's something about the Ivy League. I mean, it's it's kind of cool. Not quite the SEC. It's not quite the SEC. Um, but I could never get anyone to go. Like my wife was like, "No, I'm not going to go sit in the cold at a Columbia and watch them play Brown." <laughs> you know? <laughs> Why not? I was like, "That's kind of a good put it that way." It's kind it's of well, you talk you talk out loud. Yeah, and it's, it's kind like, of well said. <laughs> um, 
But so I, when I had a four-year-old daughter, I thought, oh, I've got like an unwitting participant here. I said, hey, do you want to take a subway adventure? Yes. She's like, yes. <laughs> so we packed up her backpack with all her stuff. We rode the subway up. We went to the watch them play Harvard, and you have to. I won't bore everyone with the whole chapter, but I wrote about. Well, I like that how for, she rips on Harvard, calls them like copper well, pants, or she called. Well, no, she was a fan first because they had golden pants. That's right. Because they had white jersey with golden pants, and so she called them the golden pants, and she was like, "I like them because of the shiny pants." And then the turning point in the whole day was Columbia throws a deep pass, receiver goes down, flags come out, pass interference. And my daughter Lucy's like, "What is? Why did they throw those yellow things?" And I'm like, "Because um, I said because the golden pants broke the broke the rules." And she turned because she was sort of like a trained four year old, having listened to her parents all the time. She said, "We do not break the rules." And then she just started trashing Harvard for being uh, rule breaker and uh, for being immoral, unethical. And if they can't play by the rules, they sure as hell weren't going to get her support. So then she flipped to Columbia and became a huge oh, Columbia great. fan for the rest of the game. But so it was kind of an she, emotional roller coaster. She's not that off about Harvard. Well, I mean, that, that's what I said. Metaphorically speaking. I said, you're ahead of the curve. Everyone hates Harvard eventually, yeah. sweetheart. Yeah. You, you just need, came a little early to it. You don't need Harvard anymore. No, no. I mean, we'll be wrong if we just drop them off on an right, island. Right, But the funny part of the book was that the Harvard, didn't they reach out to you? Yeah, yeah. That I was, mean, yeah. so Harvard. So I write the piece to Grantland, and in, to their credit, I got a letter from the head of admissions at Harvard and said, we think your daughter's um, initial instinct to root for Harvard was the right one. We put her on our early list of ones to watch for the class of whatever she is, 2050 or something. Um, so that was pretty cool. Well played. Yeah, well played. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the book is, uh, it's a fun read, definitely. And the Big Sky is part of hilarious for me. Um, but what I also like just watching your career is how you go to the Olympics, you work with Michelle Beadle. You and Brian Williams went out for drinks yes, in Vancouver. We did. That's right. Um, does he booze that hard? Brian, I don't think he's, he's like a moderate boot. He'll like have a beer with you, but he's not like the video made it seem he doesn't like lose control. You guys were raging. Um, like video can do that. <laughs> Creative editing. No, like he's out though. Like we were hanging out, but he's not like doing shots at the right, bar with right. the people from the Netherlands. You know what I mean? Yeah, his daughter does that on he's still, girls. He's still B Dubs. You know what I mean? Yeah, B Dubs. He's America's father, so we have to. Yeah, keep that image paternal. going. He is. Yeah. So, uh, what's it? How important is it, or is it just fun to collaborate with Beetle, or you know, go on the soup, or go on Cohen? I show? love that stuff. I mean, I, I'm lucky. I get to do so many things at NBC because Morning Joe, my earlier in the morning job, is politics and foreign policy, and you get to sit across the table from John Kerry or Samantha Power, or Susan Rice, and talk about ISIS and what's happening in Syria. And then I get to go to the Today Show, which has is a totally different show and has this amazing variety of sh- where you may talk to John Kerry at the top, but then Ben Affleck later, and then talk about some story that's mm-hmm. lit up online. Like Brady Hoke? Brady Hoke. I did Brady Hoke yeah. today. So the variety of the Today Show is what's really fun. And, um, and so I get to do that stuff, but then it's nice to sort of scratch other itches, which, you know, I've always loved comedy. So to get to go do Joel McHale is great. And I think like with somebody like Beatle, you just find when you sit down with someone that you know it's going to work just based literally like a 15 second conversation. I can tell, I just know. And she's, I think we're probably pretty like-minded she and I, and we see the world in a similar way and she's funny and she's smart and she's cool and she knows what she's talking about. And so, um, 
we did we did a little bit at the Olympics in London. We wanted to do a lot more. It was kind of just a handoff. She those shifts were like you would do eight hours on the air. So she, she, I had the middle. She had the morning. I had the middle. So she'd do a handoff. We'd hang out for a few seconds. But I'd love to do something else with her. She's great. It was like a crossover when like different strokes. And like facts of life, kind of like that. Twenty five percent like that. A little bit like that. Like when <laughs> Rick Schroeder and and Arnold got together. Yeah. Did that happen? Arnold Jackson and the Facts of Life. Oh, Facts group. of Life. I think, it's I think Silver Spoons. Sorry. Yeah, Silver Spoons. I think was his own beast. Remember he had the train going through his living room. And he had the he was so rich. The remote control that opened the door. Yes. He was like way ahead of his time. Super rich that kid. Yeah. And he had video games in his house. Yeah, but he didn't work for it. No. He didn't hustle. Hence the title, Silver yeah. Spoon. Yeah. You know? Born in his mouth. Exactly. I think that's what the title might have been. Yeah. So he's, he's entitled. Yeah. How entitled was that guy? And and then, so the Facts of Life was Tootie and Mindy Cohn and the whole gang. They were, did they go to the apartment? So, um, so Mrs. The, the redhead woman. Yeah. Charlotte Mrs. Ray. Garrett. Mrs. Garrett took care of Arnold Jackson. Oh. And then she left to go to the school. Oh. And she took care of uh, Joe and Blair and that's so interesting. Did we know that earlier? Or they just sort of like no, created I, that storyline so they could merge the shows later. They created the storyline. I think it was an actual spinoff. Remember they used to. Oh, was, that was big in the eighties. Oh, okay. But it was yeah, more yeah, of a lesser yeah, yeah, known right. spinoff, right? And so then later Arnold came to the school or something. Or yeah, he would come back. They'd do like one. Oh, that's cool. Episode a season. I wonder if he got paid well for the you, guest would, spots. Do you get paid to go on the soup? No, but that's not scripted comedy. Oh, true. Yeah, and no, either, that's, he definitely got there, paid Are you in a that. union? You're not doing favors. Yeah, but he's he's uh, he definitely got. He's still getting checks for that episode. He probably is Arnold. And because sadly, I think a few of those other uh, co- colleagues of his have passed away. Yeah, no, that's true. Like Dana, Dana Plato, Dana Plato and Todd Bridges is still around though. I think which he is was good. in jail for a while. He was. Yeah. Or no, actually, Arnold Jackson. He passed away. Gary Coleman's, Gary, yeah, R.I.P. Yeah. yeah, you're thinking of Emmanuel Lewis. He's still around. He's still kicking it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Webster. Gary Coleman. We lost him. Yeah, but that was a big thing in the '80s and '90s. Was the crossover? Yeah. Like uh, Family Matters with Urkel. Oh, what that did was he a spinoff. On? I think it was Perfect Strangers. What? Yeah, because what's the link there? I think uh, I can't the remember. Balky. Balky. Bron- Bronson Pinchot. Yeah, the cop dad. Yeah. Was like on. Perfect Strangers. Because remember, it was Friday night, ABC. Kind of. Fun hour. I was maybe a little younger. Yeah. Um, but that was a bigger, bigger trend. Well, then you had Different World coming out of Cosby Show. Yeah, that's a good one. Build on the brand. Yeah, you got to always launch off the brand. Jasmine Guy. Her star never shined brighter. And uh, Jada Pinkett Smith was on Different that's World. Right. Wow. That's way great. before. Because Lisa she Bonet became, went to college. Way before she became a Scientologist. And she was in a different world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, this is great. Fantastic. It's, I'm excited we got to see uh, your Yankees. Uh, and, and just to update your listeners who like listening to people watch TV <laughs> on the radio, Jeter is now at the podium answering questions from the press. About his... Uh, about his hit that happened his walk off, days ago. His walk-off uh, opposite field. Just going to leave this on. Facebook. Just going to leave this on. Listen to Jeter. What I'm thinking is I'm just going to leave the microphones here just going. Yeah, that's cool. Just roll on the yeah. presser. That's cool. That's a smart play. Well, uh, do you have anything else to uh, share? Otherwise, um, I mean, I'd love if there's a final anecdote, anything. I guess if there's anything I want to share, it's that my parents never loved me. No? Wait. Is Wait. that not what you meant? Yeah. I thought That's you wanted me to like share something deep. Hashtag TMI. Ooh, okay. Yeah. We'll, well, cut my that. Parents, we'll cut that out later. My parents like you. 
Oh, you do? Okay, <laughs> yeah. good. Maybe watch Thanksgiving you on TV. with them instead. <laughs> yes. Bring the, their grandkids over. Sure. Sure. Um, well, cool. Well, thanks for having me here. Thanks, Ryan. Hey, everyone. That was a great show. Thrilled that Willie came on. He's doing amazing things uh, with his media career. Also, loved hearing some old stories from college as well as, and the Harvard story always cracks me up. Um, definitely, I recommend highly to buy his book, Good Talk Dad, available at Amazon.com and other fine online retailers. And I have a total of 27 episodes in the archive. Please subscribe on iTunes. If you like what you hear, leave a review. Always, you can email me at influencereconomy at gmail.com as well as find me on Twitter at Ryan J. Will. So thanks for joining me. Love this episode with Willie. We'll talk to you again soon. Anchor down. <laughs>